we are repentant. We are grateful. We are redeemed. We are prayerful. We are First Baptist Church. Happy December 1st and a blessed beginning of Advent to everyone as we begin this wonderful season in preparation for Christmas, in preparation for what the Lord would have for us. We calibrate our hearts on the scripture. So follow along as I read from Zechariah 2, 10 through 13, which is where that, this carol came from. Sing for joy and be glad, O daughter of Zion, for behold, I am coming and I will dwell in your midst, declares the Lord. Many nations will join themselves to the Lord in that day and will become my people. Then I will dwell in your midst, 
and you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. The Lord will possess Judah as his portion in the Holy Land and will again choose Jerusalem. Be silent, all flesh, before the Lord, for he is aroused from his holy habitation. I'm grateful for the word of the Lord, aren't you? I told the choir as we were warming up that the, the Texas translation is, y'all need to be quiet, the Lord's fixing to do something. <laughs> so that is let all mortal flesh translated into Texan. So that is, that is the season of Advent. We are preparing our hearts for what the Lord will do in your life individually and in this world. So let's be a part of His work. Amen? Hymn 76 is, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Jump to your feet. Let's worship today.
Amen. Welcome those around you in worship this morning. Welcome. Welcome to First Baptist Church. We are glad that you're here. If you're a visitor with us this morning, we would love to get to know you. The way we do that is, is through these visitor cards. If you would take one of these cards out of the pew back and put it in the offering at the end, um, we would love to know you in that way. Now, can you believe that today is December 1st? Today, that's right, today is December 1. This is a good time of year. In fact, Advent begins. And we recognize the, the, the coming of our Lord, the, the first coming of our Lord that anticipates his second coming, that he will come again. In fact, as we gather together today, we, we celebrate the beauty and hope of the incarnation of Jesus Christ. He came to, to walk with us, to be among us, to show us the way forward and to redeem us from sin and death. And so we thank him. That's why we gather at this place. That's why we celebrate Christmas. We come together and we lift high the name that is above every other name. And we bow down to him, praising him for who he is. Let's pray together. Father, you have come triumphantly. Lord, you have come and, and were obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Powerful in resurrection, perfect in your ascension. Lord, we have seen and we have heard and we believe. We believe all of it, Lord. We, we believe that you are our savior. In your blood, we are made right and we are made whole. And by your spirit, we are empowered to new life. And so, Father, may we, we live and worship in that newness in the spirit today. Lord, may you move and work in this place as only you can. Lord, may it not be of our strength, but be in the might of the spirit as we sing and give, as, as we worship, as we read, as we hear. Lord, come and show us your ways. It's in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So for Christmas at First this year, uh, the choir has been thinking a lot about Mary's response after the visitation from the angel. She, she has a couple different responses, and one of them she says is, my soul magnifies the Lord. My soul magnifies the Lord. As we've been talking about that and thinking about that, you know, the truth is every one of us magnifies something. You know that? What we talk about on a day-to-day -day basis is what flows out of our heart. 
what we think about, where our checkbook says about us. If we were to ask our family or our friends, what is it that you know most about me? Those are the things that we magnify. And so we need to think about, are we magnifying our Savior in everything that we do? So this season, throughout the church, we're going to be taking four different aspects of Jesus. And we're going to consider, are we magnifying his life? The fact that he came to walk among us. His love for us and what he ultimately did for each and every one of us. His mission, what he's he's called us to do. And his majesty, that we will all kneel before him and cry out to who he truly is one day. So we're going to consider this all month long, and my prayer is that we can say that First Baptist Church is a people that magnifies Jesus in everything that we do. So our, our scripture this morning speaks to that first, his life. So it's John 1, 9 through 14. So follow along as I read this. There was the true light which, coming into the world, enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory Glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Thanks be to God. Let's continue to worship. Arise, your light has come. Hymn 83, stand to your feet. Let us sing. Continue to worship. You may be seated.
Come on down. Come on down, everybody. Yeah, it's good to see y'all this morning. Glad that you're here. We're so grateful for those of you watching on TV today, too. Thank you for being a part of our congregation. We're grateful that you're with us. All right. Good to see everybody this morning. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Was it, was it good? Turkey was wonderful. Turkey was wonderful. My turkey, my turkey was pretty good. Too. And uh, some ham. Yeah, I had some ham, too. It was, it was all wonderful, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. That, that's good stuff. All right, so today, I have a question for you. How many of you have ever held a, ba- a baby? Have any of you ever held a baby? Yeah, what, what's, it, what's it like to hold a baby? Just say, what, what, how would you describe that little baby that you were holding? What was that like? It's heavy. It's heavy? It's smooth. smooth. They, they are heavy and smooth. That's right. They're so cute. They are so cute. That's right. What else? Yeah, they, they always try to like squirm away, don't they? And they always try to get it. Did, were, they, were they good? Yeah, how was it like? Yeah, sometimes you get drooled on, don't you? That's right. Yeah, what else? What else? What's it like? What? Yeah, they squeeze you and squeeze your stomach. They do all kinds of little things. Yeah, what else? They pull your hair and they do all kinds of little baby things, don't they? But they're so cute, even as they're pulling your hair and they're squeezing you and they're perfect little innocent people, and aren't they? they're also loud. They can be loud, just like that, perfectly on cue. <laughs> well done, we timed that perfectly. Yeah, and they have tiny little fingers and tiny little toes, right? They're the cutest little things in the world, aren't they? Now, the reason why I bring that up is because now we're, we're coming close to Christmas. And what we're celebrating at Christmas is Jesus Christ coming, right? Giving up the glory of heaven and coming in the, the person, this little baby of Jesus Christ come and born unto this world. And so what we're celebrating today, we're celebrating the beginning of the Advent, that little baby that came to, to save us and show us the way and take care of us. That little baby, we celebrate his birthday and Christmas, don't we? And one of the ways that we do that in the services is the weeks leading up to Christmas, we light a candle. And we say, Jesus Christ, we remember you and we're gonna magnify you. And so one of the ways that we're gonna magnify his life today is we're gonna light one of these candles right in the back. Hey, you gonna come with me? Come with me, let's light one of these. And we're gonna recognize and magnify Jesus Christ's life. All right, so we're gonna take this. And we're gonna light it down there. All right, perfect. Now come, come around here on this side. And let's light this candle for Jesus right here. All right, perfect. Can we blow it up? Perfect. Good job. So every week, what we're gonna do is every week we're gonna light a new candle all the way up until Christmas. And we'll, we'll have to do those next week, all right? Let's, let's pray and we'll continue worship. Father, we thank you for the example that you set Lord, we thank you for your obedience. We thank you for coming to to redeem us and take care of us. Coming as a baby, growing into a perfect man and being exactly who we needed. Lord, we praise your name. And it's in that name that's above every name that we pray. Amen. Thank y'all. continue to worship. Take your hymnals and turn to hymn 77. Come, thou long expected Jesus. Stand together.
be seated. Continue to worship, please.
Beautiful. If you would, find your listening sheet in your bulletin. Looks like that. We are going to read together from Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11. Would you stand with me as we read aloud this text? This then is the text for today. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him into the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, on the other hand, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Go, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and began to minister to him. May God bless the reading of his word. Great football teams have great scouting reports. It's true of of basketball teams too. The, The Spurs have scouting reports on their opponents, the teams, and the individual players. You need to know what those individual players are going to do. You, you need to know, when you're, when you're going into the game, when you're going into the battle, you need to know what you're dealing with. You want to know their strengths and their weaknesses. You want, you want to know how they might behave in a certain situation. You, you want to know how to attack when it's time to attack, and you want to know how to defend when it's time to defend. You want to know what person is going to do what. Bill Belichick is great at this. Maybe the best ever was Peyton Manning. The NFL people tell us that Manning was so prepared going into his games that he knew exactly what his opponent was going to do before they did it. And that's exactly why you study the scouting report. And you study it as much as possible so that you know when they're going to turn left and and you know when they're going to step up to attack so that you might be alert, that you might be ready. And today we're going to do the same. We have an opponent, a common enemy, an adversary. And that, that opponent has studied us so intently that he knows us better than we know ourselves. And in fact, he knows how we're going to react in certain circumstances. Knows it before we even know we're going to do it. 
You know, it's time that we study our adversary to know what we're up against. In fact, the scouting report looks something like this. We're going to start with the devil's strengths. Our adversary is mighty. I mean, he carries a certain strength on this earth. When you, when you see him and you, you see his minions coming with him, they look devastating. They look all-encompassing. They, they look like they cannot be beaten. They, they, are, they, they are the all-bus team that when they get off the bus, you look like you, you, you shouldn't even play the game. You, you think, I mean, we can't even defeat these people. They, they look the part. They look perfect. And this is the adversary that we are up against. So I want us to look through and understand the, the strengths of this adversary. Let's first start in 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter 5 um, describes it like this. Be of sober spirit. Be on alert. And you have to be on alert because your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. That is his work. That is what he does. That is his strength. The roaring lion is the king of the savannah. And this roaring lion that is the king of the savannah will hunt in the high grasses for each and every one of us. In fact, he won't stop. He is relentless. This is the work of that roaring lion. In fact, this roaring lion doesn't sleep and doesn't stop and will hunt day in and day out to devour and destroy each and every one of us. That is the work of the devil. That's, that's his goal, to, to fight against you and to fight against God until the end of time. And in fact, this roaring lion is going to go down swinging no matter what. And we need to understand in this that the devil is as tough a foe as they come. We will face no one stronger, no one more worthy. But in this, there's a real difficulty. And the difficulty for us this morning is the real problem is not the might of the devil. When we stand and see his strength as he flexes before us, that, that, that's not what we need to worry about. What we need to worry about this morning is the cunning of the devil. His cunning is far worse than his strength. In fact, look at 2 Corinthians 11 with me. This is 11 verses 14 and 15. No wonder, there's some about false teachers and, and false teachers in the church. No, no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself. You may want to underline that. Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Therefore, it's not surprising if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness whose end will be according to their deeds. The greatest strength that Satan has is the ability to disguise himself and he disguises himself so well that we don't even see him coming. You know, interestingly, I, I recently learned, I didn't know this before, but I, I learned that the CIA has a, a position that's called the chief of disguise. And I heard one of the former chief of disguises, uh, John Mendez, speak not long ago. And, and she was talking about how great our disguises were in her day. Uh, we were, we were in, in Russia and, 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 and fighting all, all across the globe. And in fact, she tells this story how one day she was going to give a, a briefing to President George H.W. Bush in the Oval Office. And for this briefing, she decided to wear one of the disguises. In fact, it, it was this mask that they had made. And so she, she walks into the Oval Office with the president and she's wearing this mask and does the, does the briefing and he doesn't notice anything. Can't tell who it is or doesn't know the difference. And at one point, she begins to kind of take it off like this and he stops her. He says, no, 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 I, I, wanna, I wanna see this. 
And so he, he walks all the way around her. Even though he knows it's a disguise, he can't tell who it is. And he, and he can't tell where the disguise begins. And so then she takes it off, kind of like Tom Cruise in a movie, and just, just takes it off. And he, he couldn't tell because it was too good. And as good as our CIA was and is, the devil is better. He makes himself look like an angel of light. He, he makes his traps so enticing that we don't even know that we're caught in them. See, see we often think uh, of Satan as this guy in red tights and he has horns and he has a pitchfork. And, and we think of him as someone that you could spot a mile away. That if, if Satan were in our midst, surely we'd be able to tell because he would look like this and, and then he would come and say, here's this evil thing, you go do something evil with it. Oh, and here's a little Hitler mustache, you, you wear that. And then we'd say, oh, I, I, I would never do that. I can't. And of course we wouldn't. And you know, if, if we think of the adversary as this Halloween caricature, we will be destroyed before we know what hits us. The devil's disguises are fantastic. His traps are perfectly baited and his minions cover the earth. Our, our opponent is incredibly powerful and terribly deceptive. We were up against the toughest of foes. However, there are weaknesses. So we take his strengths and we set them over here. There, there are weaknesses and, and if we know how to exploit them, we certainly can the first thing that we need to recognize in, in the weaknesses of this foe is the devil is a created being bound by creation, a fallen angel that is not omni. If you remember, a lot of times when we consider God and we think of theological things, we talk in, in terms of omni. When we consider our God, we, we consider how our God and we know that our God is omnipotent, that he is all powerful, that, that our God is the one who spoke things into existence by the sound of his voice. Our God is completely, totally omnipotent. The devil ain't omnipotent. In fact, when we consider our God, when we know him, know him as omniscient, that God is, is all-knowing, that, that he sees and knows everything across this earth and across the galaxies, and even from beyond the galaxies, God sees and knows into our hearts, that, that he knows the, the, our thoughts and our intentions. God knows who we are. He knows the number of hairs that are on our heads, that God is omniscient. But the devil ain't omniscient. When we consider God, we know that our God is omnipresent, that God is over all history and over all time. In fact, that God, God is over the, the entire universe. And as you look from, from this, this side to that side where it may take us 10,000 or 20,000 or 50,000 light years to get from, from that galaxy to this one, God holds them both in his hands. God is at both at the, at the same time. Our God is omnipresent, but the devil ain't omnipresent. You see, it's our God who, who is omni, and that, that everything in this world has already been prepared. It's prepared for, for a defense that will thwart every attack of Satan. In fact, I want you to look at Ephesians 6 with me. Finally, 
Be strong in the Lord. You may want to underline that in the Lord part because that's the key here. Be strong. We can't be strong enough, but in the Lord we can. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Our might is not enough, but his is. In fact, he's the one that's omni. He created all of this. He is the foundation of the universe. So in him, be strong in the Lord. Strength of his might. And, And what he has prepared for us. There is a full armor of God and you, you put this on and in this full armor of God that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. And in fact, in this armor, we begin to see the devil for who he is. We begin, begin to see that the things that he do, he are, he's doing certainly are schemes. They're, they're not worth our time, they're not worth our energy, but they're schemes that fall apart and lead to destruction. In fact, anything that, that Satan is doing, when you shine the light of truth on it, it, it vanishes into the nothingness that it is. It's revealed as empty and hopeless. It's revealed as a trap that leads to destruction. Everything in, in the light of truth is proven for what it really is and Satan is proven for who he really is. So if and when you are in the Lord, the devil's might diminishes to nothingness. His schemes become evident. And look, look, at me, look with me at one more, 1 Peter 5, 9. In 1 Peter 5, 9, we had read the the verse before this earlier. That's the the devil prowls around like a roaring lion in 5, 8. And so then next, after that, we get the lion on the savannah. Resist him. Firm in your faith. That's faith in Jesus Christ. And you resist him, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. And that you certainly can resist him. Right? In the Lord, the growl becomes a whimper. And this whimper you can say no to. In the Lord, you have the power to say no to the devil. You have the power to resist him. You have the power to say, get behind me. Because in Christ, there is a new authority that sets the devil in his place and shoes him off to where he belongs. Resist him and he will flee from you. If you stand up to the devil in the Lord, wearing the armor of God, there's nothing that he can do. It is over. The battle is already won in the person of Jesus Christ. There is power over Satan in our Savior and Lord. He's weak in the light of Jesus Christ. Now, let's turn our attention to the text for the day. This is our film study. This is where we catch a glimpse of the devil doing his work. We get a particular picture of the kinds of things that the devil does. And so in our text for today, Matthew 4, 1 through 11, Satan attacks Jesus Christ three times. And we we need to evaluate each one of these attacks. Now the first attacks in Matthew 4, 3. Matthew 4, 3, the tempter came and says to Jesus, if or since you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. Satan is wise here, and you see him being most careful where he finds Jesus in this weak, fleshly moment that Jesus had been fasting and was hungry. And in that fleshly pain of hunger, Satan throws a haymaker at Jesus Christ. And it's cunning. Because, and it's cunning because there's nothing wrong with bread. There's nothing wrong with Jesus Christ eating. In fact, Jesus has the power to create bread and certainly could turn stones into bread. Why not just eat? God said he's gonna give you his daily bread. 
Why not just take it now? Use the power of God to create it now. Why wait on the Lord? Let's, let's do this now in the moment. Why not just eat? Why not just use the powers that God gave you? It's deception at its finest. And this is what, this is what Satan does. And this is what his minions do. They, they try to get us to, to take matters into our own hands. And you see what he's telling Jesus here. They take matters into your own hands and you can avoid all this difficulty. Why are you fasting? Why, is it, why does it even matter? Just, just eat some bread. And you, you can avoid the, the pain of this hunger if you just end it now and make your own bread. You can avoid difficulty and you can avoid difficulty in spectacular fashion. God said he's gonna give you daily bread anyway. Why not just take it? Just take it and go with it. And the answer's in the question. So look at the second attack. Second attack happens in Matthew 4, 6. He said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. See, Satan is a master of loopholes. And I hope you see what, what he does here. He takes Jesus up to the top of the temple. So, so there, there they are in God's city in Jerusalem. There they are upon God's temple. This is God's holy home. And, and Satan takes him right there to God's holy home in God's holy city. And, and then he, he takes the word of God and he opens it before Jesus Christ. There, there is Satan holding Psalm 91 up before Jesus Christ. Begins to quote scripture. You know, this is a good reminder for us that, 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 that Satan knows and believes in Jesus. He knows the words of God. And in it, he knows it, not, not to transform him, not, not to internalize it, but to manipulate it. To, to, to show you this might be a loophole to get you around what God is calling you to do and who God's calling you to be. Here's a, here's a loophole. And if you manipulate it, loopholes abound all over the place. You see, here the, the devil is making a sound argument in, in a beautiful place. And what he tells Jesus, right now you can, uh, you can prove the existence of God. Right now the, the full power of God can be on display right now. Certipri certified proof that God is real and you are his son. Throw yourself off. And you know, you, you may not even have to go to the crucifixion. Just throw yourself off. And what you, what you have to do has been accomplished. We can do it right now. What God wants to accomplish, we can get it all done right now. I mean, it sounds like it'll work. Everything that Satan promises sounds like it will work. He's saying, here's a loophole to avoid those difficult days. Are you gonna take it? Now, the third attack's in verses eight and nine. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory, and he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. The devil here is genius. You see what he's doing? Jesus Christ is, is Lord of it all. He, he's, he's come down from the, from the, the heights of heaven and, and, and he humbled himself and became obedient as he came down to this earth. And in fact, that was in front of him. When you, when you come through his life and come to the crucifixion, come to the other side, Jesus is going to ascend and, and ascend back to his throne and rule over heaven and earth. And, and Satan says, that, that's, all, that's all good. We can, we can make it happen today. In fact, if, if you would just bow down to me, everything God's gonna do in the coming years, we can do right now. I give you the throne today. And, and if, it's, if it's good, if God's gonna give it to you eventually, why not just take it today? 
Take what God has in the future and you just claim it today. You see, this good thing the devil lays out in front of Jesus, he says, I can give you a shortcut. I can, I can shortcut around all the things that God's, God's doing right now. Satan knows we, we, we hate to turn down a shortcut. And the work of the devil is to offer you this future. It's the future that you desire. And even still, like here with Jesus, it may be even the future that you deserve. And, and Satan said, take a shortcut and we can, we can take this future you deserve right now and we can take it today. Will you grab it? Will you grab it with me? You see, as we assess Satan's performance today, he was spectacular. Any one of us could have been and probably would have been devastated by his attacks. But Jesus wasn't. Jesus in that moment didn't even flirt with Satan. Every temptation that Satan threw at Jesus Christ, he came back at him with the word of God. And, and he came back with him and he said, this is truth. And this is what I will stand on every day. And in fact, as, as we see what Jesus is doing here, as we game plan for today, we need to look at, at how Jesus overpowered Satan. See, uh, amazingly, as we, we get to, to Matthew 4.4, 4, Jesus responds exactly the same way to all three attacks. Every time Jesus tells the devil, it is written. See, but he answered him and said, it is written. Every time, this is, this is Jesus' response. And this first one is perfect. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Though I have a, a, a hunger within me uh, for uh, something physical and, and a physical need for bread, I know that the, that the spiritual bread and that which God has for me in the spiritual realm far outweighs anything in the physical. You see, we live and operate under different rules in the Lord. In the Lord, we're not sustained by feeding physical appetites and physical desires. In the Lord, we are sustained by the word of God. The word of God is our life. It fills us with hope and goodness. See, each time Jesus responds to Satan, he quotes from memory out of Deuteronomy 6 and 8. Jesus had that, that whole section memorized. Jesus is, is quoting it all. He's hitting every temptation with a new memory verse. See, if you, you want to withstand the, the work of Satan, if you want to defeat evil, and if you want to know good, you have to know Jesus Christ. And you have to know his word. See, it has to become who you are. It, it has to become you. Do, do you know Jesus Christ in this way today? Do, do you know his voice and do you know what he says? Do, do you know the voice of Jesus Christ well enough that if Satan speaks, quoting from the Gospels, will you know the difference between the voice of Satan and the voice of Jesus Christ? I mean, have you spent enough time with Jesus lately, so much so that, that you know what he would say and you know what he sounds like? You know how he would respond because that's what it's gonna take for us to fight back. That's what it's gonna take for our souls to be saved. We must have an intimate daily relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's in that relationship that we win. We, we cannot win on our own. In fact, it will be a complete losing battle, a, a slaughter 
to stand before Satan on our own. But in Jesus, in his, his last response to Satan, Jesus tells him, go away. And when Jesus tells him to go away, he leaves. Jesus still does that today. The same power and by the same authority, Jesus tells Satan to leave. And may, may we know that Jesus Christ, who in his power and might have offered us a way out and hope of a new day and hope of a new life. Let's pray together. Lord, we, we're before you today as individuals who have faced temptation and given in. Lord, every one of us sitting in this room have been dragged away by the lusts of the flesh, the evil imaginations of our own hearts. And so, Lord, we, we come to you broken. And, Lord, we, we ask for your forgiveness. Lord, for, forgive us of, of where we have failed you this week. Lord, we ask for restoration, that you would make us whole. Lord, that you would fill us with your spirit. and help us to live in that power and that authority. Lord, we ask you to, to make things right today. By the blood of Jesus Christ, make things right in our lives today. And it's in his name that we pray, amen. We're gonna have our time of response now. Everybody in here needs to respond to God in some way this morning. There's a couple of ways uh, at the bottom of your listening sheet. Maybe you would like to respond to God in, in one of those ways. The altar is also open. Please come and, and kneel at the altar. Pray with us. Be down here in the front if, if you'd like to come and, and pray with me this morning. Now this is the time when we come and, and join this fellowship or come and accept Christ as your savior. This is, this is the time. As we sing, come down and, and let's make that decision together. We're going to sing and we're going to give and, and let's do so with great joy this morning. So if you need to, please, please remain seated. Um, otherwise, let's stand and respond to our Lord.
as we enter a time of offering to continue to worship now through your giving.
Let's turn our attention to our life together. The first thing I would like to remind you of is this book right here. This is our Advent devotional guide. We want to make sure that you get one of these today before you leave and, and begin today. Aaron has done a wonderful work in putting together uh, an Advent devotional guide that was written by church members. It's written by us and for us. And so we're going to gather around the scriptures every day of Advent leading to Christmas. And this is how we're going to center in on scripture and on God and, and, and uh, as a church together. So these should be in Unity Hall. Make sure that you get one of these before you leave today and begin uh, reading today as well. Now, you'll, you can take extras, take these with you to your family, take these to the people that you have been witnessing to, and, and, and share Christ um, in, in this way with, with those around you. So make sure you get one of those. Also, please be aware, this evening at 6 p.m., we will have our Hanging of the Greens service. This is the, the wonderful time of the year when we prepare the sanctuary for the Advent season and prepare our church in this way. So we hope you'll come back at six and help us worship and, and, um, and prepare the building in this way. It's going to be a good night together. And then next Saturday and Sunday, it's one of the, the, the biggest weekends of the year for us as a church. It's Christmas at first. Saturday night at 5 p.m., make sure that you're here, bring your friends and your family with you. Um, this, this is a good time to, to be a part of this church and, and the work of this church. So come if, uh, Saturday night, 5 p.m., or Sunday night, same time, 5 p.m. Sunday night, and you can come and experience Christmas at first together. Now also, please be aware, it, we have to recognize one of the joys of being a downtown church is there are times like next Sunday morning when there's going to be a marathon running around our church and many of us will not be able to get here next Sunday morning. Um, so we will, um, but we will have our 11 o'clock services. In fact, they assure us that the roads will be open in plenty of time for all of our services at 11. And so make sure you're here at 11 next week and um, beware of marathon runners and, um, and all kinds of orange cones next week as you're coming to church. Um, with that said, I'm gonna hand it over to Brian and he's gonna introduce um, some new uh, people to us. It's good to see you, Aaron. Very good to see you. Um, just catching up after Thanksgiving. Uh, okay. Hello, uh, we have a few folks coming to join us this morning, uh, join the church coming for membership are Scott and Hannah Bates, and they come for membership from First Baptist Church, Jacksonville, Florida. Come and stand with them. Yeah. If, if, you, if you look forward to, to walking in faith with, with the Bates, would, would you say amen? Amen. And we love, you. we love you. That's right. So you come down, be with them, and you can greet them at the, at the door after the service. Also coming for membership this morning is Chad Matlock. He comes from another denomination. We will be having conversation about baptism with him, but he comes for membership this morning. Yeah, come, you can come stand with Chad. Come, come stand with him. Absolutely. And if you look forward in walking in faith with Chad, would you say amen, amen and we love you. That's right. And, and the same thing, you come by and greet them and get to know them after the service. Aaron. And what a privilege in front of me here are this beautiful flower, altar flowers here. And these are in celebration 
of 69 years of marriage for Joe and Sandy Etheridge. Where, where are you, Joe Sandy? Will be dismissed with a rise, your light is come. bless you. Baptist Church has been broadcasting its services of new life and historic faith for 46 years. We would like to ask that you continue to pray with us for this ministry and also for your financial support so that we can continue this ministry for years to come. Thank you.